Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. Is this a good pimpin' or a bad pimpin'? I just saw people be like, oh, that's who she is. I knew I, you know. Yeah. Rita Houston from WFUV. See? Everybody it says kn- it right there. Everybody knows who you are, Rita. Video killed the radio star, you know. <laughs> oh, is that all right? I pimp, pimp, out my, uh, pimp out my call letters there? Definitely. You got to. You got to. Yeah, that's the name of the game in 2020. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. <laughs> you got letters? Sam. Exactly. Don't, Joe, this, don't lead with fear. This is an amazing scene. It is, isn't it? Oh my gosh. I mean, having known you for all the years I've known you and known you as a songwriter and known you as an artist, this is just like kid in a candy store stuff. I mean, this is... It you've is. You've got to be like... I mean, this... It's like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. And, and <laughs> clearly you've been busy. Yeah, well, yeah, I definitely took advantage of the situation. We're at Photografiska, this, this New York. Is, this is going to go to City Winery, New York, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah, prim- yeah, that's the idea. Was that the idea before you started? Or yeah. as it came, you were like, this is where it's headed? No, they gave me the dimensions, 10 foot by 20 foot. I went and <laughs> saw the space. Gotcha. And I have a couple in the Chicago one, a couple big pieces. And so, yeah. I mean, it's been a trip. Like, this has been like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in terms of just like, I don't just one of those things. Like, you know how life you like get into these situations where you manifest something and you're like, how did I do that? And how can I do that again? (laughs) You you know what I mean? But isn't there a party that just thinks your whole road led you here to the sixth floor? Yeah. You know, and everything you've, all the work you've done, the the past year or two you know it mm-hmm. all all brought you to like press six on the elevator open yeah. up these doors oh joe here's your space right the only thing is is then now i have to leave yeah well, that's the thing yeah ah letting go what do we do now letting go what do we do what do you do i mean this is it's just like amazing all these pieces you have and how you've incorporated the boxing yeah you know i mean i follow you on instagram of course we're actual friends right same (laughs) birthday same birthday september 28th kids (laughs) come on yeah go libra but i follow you on instagram and i've seen you know some of these pieces you know as you've been posting them since you've been here and it's like what are you going to do with everything yeah, that's a good question. You got any storage space, Rita? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm, I, am, I am the proud keeper of a couple of uh, Joseph Arthur pieces. That's right. So I'm I'm pretty You're satisfied. I'm pretty satisfied. I'm stored that up too. already. Yeah. yeah, it's a trip. It's definitely making me, um, yeah, reassess and and understand how important it is for me to have like a big art space to paint in and know that I have to somehow manifest that in my life in a full-on way how cool has it been for people to roll through is that something you enjoy or is it like hey I'm working don't look don't look over my shoulder this is in progress yeah it's been it's been mostly good and mostly not that attitude of right. hey I'm working but I, you know I've been living here for two weeks now so that so then there's like lots of ebbs and flows in your day 
And, you know, th- some, like a situation like this really puts into focus that, oh, it's about maintaining a mental space. You know, it, it, so it becomes, the challenge becomes, definitely I had to get up and go to yoga every morning because that is also where I showered. So that was good. You know, so that and then, uh, yeah, just make, keeping yourself in a creative flow, because even in this situation, procrastination still happens. But when that happens in this situation, it feels like you're just like throwing gold bullion out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like lighting up dollar bills. With, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, why would you do like, that? But you, you but you're still challenged as a human being when all your human being bullshit, you know what I mean, comes comes in. It, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it it does, doesn't just go away yeah. just because you have a, a grand situation. And in fact, when people's dreams or aspects of dreams come true, that is actually when they're confronted with those demons most like full on a lot of times because that's when it's like, wait, I'm still acting a fool. <laughs> like, why? What's going on? <laughs> well, and when something's placed right in front of you that um, you're, quote unquote, about to lose yeah. or or forfeit or, right. you know, then you're like vulnerability. Then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I better take better take note here. So what's been going on? Joe, first of all, I'm so happy to see you. I'm so honored. Uh, yeah. We talked back and forth about... Uh, you know, me doing the podcast and one scheduling mess up after another. And then yeah. like, it's just so funny that one of your last days here yeah, and it just worked out this way. Well, I, I definitely wanted you to come through here because I consider you a family. And yeah. so like, I don't know, to have you come into this space and see this. You know, it's like you kind of want to show off for your family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, consider me a proud little daddy right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we could use, continue to run with that metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, fine for, with me. for sure, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I've been eager to, you know, get into this, and I was also like, um, you know, I've interviewed you right many times. Right. Now you're like, how the hell am I going to interview Rita? <laughs> no, but no, but now you're Radio like, legend. now you're like, Rita, shut up and answer the questions. <laughs> and you can see already, I'm like, came with all my my questions for Joe. You know? uh, that's like, good. It's just a conversation. It's a I know. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's funny to um to be on the other side. Right. Well, what what um how did you get started in 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 like I was actually actually talking to Shlomo because I wasn't sure if you knew about the city winery show that they're that's coming up that tribute like to you um i do know about it there's a number of elements about it um that i don't know right he told me that and then and because i called him allowed to talk about well that's like i I call i I know about it too (laughs) well i called him up right before i came and i was like wait rita does rita know about that and then he was like yeah but she doesn't know about certain performers but then again neither do you so it's fine (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know either yeah (laughs) apparently there's a lot of surprises in the works yeah um but it all came together through friends and uh, mostly um, Amy Ray yeah. from Indigo Girls kind of started, you know, just said, oh, Rita, I want to do something to thank you. And I was like, "Right." you know, I mean, growing up as I did, you know, gay woman, like mm-hmm. Indigo Girls are like Elvis to mm-hmm. us, girl, you know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute, Amy Ray, you want to do something to thank me? Like, I got to thank you. Like, you've done so much for 
women in music or whatever. And she said, no, we really want, you know, we really want to do something. <clears throat> and I was touched, you know, and moved. And then she reached out to a mutual friend of ours, Emily Lichter, uh, which is funny that it's Amy and Emily, but it's a different Emily, um, and said, let's do this thing for Rita. And then, you know, let's do something for Rita. You know, how could we say thank you, Rita, for all the mm-hmm. um, just support that she's given to independent artists over the years? And Amy Ray was really like, you know, you've done so much for women in music over the years, you know. Mm-hmm. And then Emily, who's one of my dear friends, calls and says, hey, Amy and I have this idea. We want to do this event. We're thinking about doing it around your birthday mm. in September. Right. And then I had to kind of take a deep breath and go, Emily, let's not wait until my birthday. You know, mm. let's do it now. Let's not wait. I'm in a right. I'm in a let's not wait let's <laughs> chapter not. of my life, you know. Right. So that was a uh, let's just say that was a moment. Right. Because <laughs> it was the first time, too, that I kind of said out loud, like, uh, September, you know. Let's not wait. So hmm. for those of you just joining us, right. <laughs> I'm uh, in a cancer fight right now. Stage four ovarian. You know, you've been by my side through a, hmm. uh, through a lot of it. It was, it's been five years now. You know, oh. I'm okay. You look good. Yeah. You know, I'm in treatment now. I'm in chemo. So yeah. I got good days and bad days. But, um, you know, you do get to a uh, let's not wait kind of place. Right. Oh, let's do, yeah, sure. Let's do that in 2022. It's like, yeah. Oh, how about March? Right. <laughs> That's tomorrow. How about, how about March? I think, you know, so, of course, poor Emily, you know, I shocked, shocked her. She's like, oh, I got to call you back, you know. And yeah. uh, so now this thing's happening in March. Wow. Well, how, yeah, it's like that's a how do people respond? Like, and, and when you get into that let's not wait space, what's that? What's that? like what's that like for you or like what what's been happening how how have you been doing that because it's like dealing with those ultimate realities yeah and it's like it's a funny combination of um you know i'm a i'm a worker bee right i'm a i come from working class people i'm like I'm I'm from Mount Vernon, New York, you know, like I've never, (laughs) no one's ever handed me a nickel. You know what I mean? I've like, I come from working parents where, you know, you wake up in the morning, right? you go to work. That's what you do. Do it. That's what you do. Mm -hmm. You don't lay on the couch because, oh, I have cancer. I got to lay on the couch. I don't feel good. Yeah. So that is half of the mentality. Mm -hmm. Kind of my DNA has that like, get out of bed, get to work, you know? Right. But that coupled with, I don't want to waste a minute. I love my job. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't love my job? You know, I love my job. So I put a lot of whatever energies I have after treatments or having bad days or doctor's appointments or family time, whatever, you know, then a lot of that goes to WFUV mm-hmm. because that fills me. That fills right. my soul. Music fills my soul. Artists yeah. fill, you know, it's like. So that, um, you know, that let's not wait does become this funny combination of I just have to get up and go to work because that's what I do every day. And that's my life. And that's mm-hmm. Rita. Get up, get to FUV coupled with um, 
can we go to the beach today because the sun is out and I don't give a hoot about WFUV right now right. and I'd like to go see the ocean mm-hmm. if I may quote you I miss the zoo yeah you know what I mean like right. I miss the zoo like let's go like like right. let's not be like no in April you know spring we'll go to the zoo you know right so there is two um for me they're opposite forces that you know it's like that get up and keep doing your thing mm-hmm along with, huh, might want to start thinking about doing some other things mm-hmm. because let's not just stay in this do our thing place. You know? Right. Yeah, that's so interesting because I guess it just reframes life entirely. Like, uh, But then at the same time, you have to exist in a similar fashion to the way you were existing, I guess, or like similar modalities or yeah and i mean like i guess at some point maybe i'll just be like okay you know fuv i'm going to tibet for six months or you know like like maybe i will do that retiring there's a legacy that you left behind there's 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 retiring you know there's like you know go to key west you know go sit in key Go to New Orleans for six months. It's okay, Rita. <laughs> you know, go take. But it um, it'll take a minute for me to get there, and like mentally, you know, I'm not quite there yet either. So letting go, like we we're talking about, you know, I'm I'm hanging on a little, hanging on there a little. Yeah, well, it's similar to like leaving this space too. Mm-hmm. Similar things, like the like, because when you think about it, life is made up of these of these moments that just keep kind of just falling away, and are hard to capture. You know, and and uh, and I guess when you see when when you know they're ending or when moments are ending, it just be, it just you, the the desire to grab onto them is probably more intensified. Yeah. But there's no way to really grab onto things except for just being in the moment. Well, you know, what happens when you try to grab onto them? Yeah. You kind of kill them. You kill them. <laughs> right. I've killed many a thing trying to grab it. Come, yeah. you know, come here. I want you. Yeah. So that doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't always work. And, you know, like my wife, Laura, she's like, beautiful person you know her and mm-hmm. you know she's my rock and she's like Shout you know yeah she's like you know of all the people in the world you're kind of the last person who needed a wake-up call to enjoy life live life to its fullest every day mm-hmm. <laughs> you know kind of thing and it's like because you already did that yeah you know and I do think when I put my head on the pillow at night mm-hmm. you know I do feel some sense of Comfort or satisfaction isn't the right word, but peace, I guess. You do. That I have lived that life, you know, yeah. warts and all, mistakes and all, right. you know, drive, you know. Um, so. You're not full of like regret and fear? Or right. I'm like, I got this, I have this bucket list. <clears throat> I got to go to Machu right. Picchu. Is Not that it, I've been to Machu Picchu, and I'd like to go, if anybody would like to take me to Machu Picchu. Let's go. I'm, I'm open, you know. <laughs> I need something to do after this. <laughs> Might as well I do mean, that. Where could you go after this? I don't Machu know. Machu Picchu That's is the That's the problem. Only, where do you go it, after it, this? Like, Machu Picchu. Next like, up. It's like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next up, Machu Picchu. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only answer, Joe. 
Might be the only answer. So, yeah, Machu Picchu is the only answer. That sounds like a song. <laughs> but you're at the top of your field, at least in my opinion. You've, you've Programming. Done, you, programming and music, and you know musicians, and they love you, and it's as good as it gets. So does it in the back of your mind, are you not, okay, check, fulfilled, done, let's just go to the uh, beach, like you said. That's because, like... Yeah. How much, you know, you'll discover yeah. another new artist and they'll yeah. become huge and you'll be, in the, you know, yeah. your connections are so intimate with everyone, yeah. everyone. Um, you've yeah. made it. I don't know. I think you're never happy. Yeah, you, know? you just want to keep going. Right. You know? <laughs> like and then a shark Joe, needs to keep swimming. Yeah. <laughs> right. then, then Joe calls and says, hey, come do my podcast. Oh, yeah. cool, man. That'd be great. Or like, like just cool opportunities keep landing in my lap and in some ways even more than ever or maybe I'm appreciating them more than ever you know so that's another thing too you're like kind of afraid you know to walk away like because it's like things are flowing now maybe too it's okay you know to walk away well, maybe it's okay yeah, to walk but, away or but also it kind of keeps you maybe like maybe it's it's good to keep going too Keeping you healthy right. Keep, keeps it keeps you going a little bit too yeah. i don't know. remember we were talking about doing this podcast while you were getting chemo that was our initial idea <laughs> one of our ideas yeah and i you know i liked that idea because yeah. i thought you know who else who else would do that but joe and rita i know <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> You know, I mean, and it's like, it takes a couple of crazy motherfuckers yeah, to do that. You know, and I had to like kind of also um, <laughs> talk to myself about it. Like, Rita, right. are you sure? You mm-hmm. know, because it's That's not like it's open. not the best look. No. You know, you're not like sitting in your nice little blazer with right. sporting my letters here, yeah. my nice kicks. You know, yeah. you're like you're, you know, um, but yeah. ultimately when I talk to the people at the uh, at MSK, I'm mm-hmm. at um I'm at Sloan Memorial Sloan Kettering mm. uh, Hospital here in New York, um, and just kind of floated the idea by them that you guys would be rolling in with not a lot of equipment, but some. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "No, that's some. That's not okay. That's not what we do here." And I was Patient like, right. "No, you got to understand here. Listen, this is my buddy John, you know, yeah. and um, <laughs> I have great care, amazing doctors, amazing nurses." Yeah. Um, you know that line in the Beck song, everybody knows my name at the recreation center. It's like, everybody knows my name at chemotherapy. You know, I right. walk in the chemo and they're like, Rita, come yeah. on. You know, like, uh, Laura says, you got like a backstage pass there at chemo. Uh, you know, I'm like, right. yeah, great, just what I want. But, you know, I'm in very good hands. So when I floated the idea, like, hey, we're going to do this. And they're like, um, no. Yeah, I was uh, like, thumbs oh, down. okay. <laughs> Guess that makes sense. So are you, what, what's the, so the prognosis is like stage four. Does that mean, are you not fighting it anymore or what? You're still fighting um, it. Oops, sorry. Yeah. Oh, totally. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Stage four, I guess. Sometimes I don't even like to use that word because it does scare yeah, it people. Sounds scary as hell. I got yeah. scared. Yeah. Stage four sounds scary. Um, and it is scary. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But it mostly means that it has spread beyond its original place. Oh, okay. So I, five years ago, was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Okay. Um, five Augusts ago. So now it's in my spine uh-huh. and my bones. Oh, so no. it's in other places. Right. So that's kind of the stage four part. Um, so I'm, st- I'm in chemo. 
and I do uh, radiation is needed and um, you know if there's a particular area mm-hmm. so just in the way again that we try to be as lighthearted as possible about it we have been known to call it whack-a-mole cancer because mm-hmm. when it pops up somewhere we knock it down mm-hmm. and then it pops up and we knock it down yeah and that's kind of been the last three years of my I mean, this is the most oversimplification no, of no, a cancer yeah, story, yeah. but right. it would pop up, you boom, it, radiation, you know, boom, mm-hmm. chemo, boom, you know. So, and, you know, I'm pretty strong, tough. So, you know, I've been hit with a lot of, um, you know, I've been hit with a lot of, um, you know, drugs and, you know, different chemos and stuff mm-hmm. that I've tolerated, you know, pretty well, more or less. But there's, I mean... It's like one thing gives you this, it gives you that, you got to do this. I mean, it's, it's a, there is no other word except shit show, you know, for the process, you know, I mean, and in for a penny and for a pound, you know, it was like, I was, you know, five years ago when all this first went down, I had to just decide like, who am I going to be? I'm like, all right, I'm putting my eggs, whatever, (laughs) put my ovaries, Ovaries. put my whatever in MSKs, you know, I'm going with big medicine. Yeah. I'm going to believe what this is all about. Right. As opposed to like alternate, like gear yes. type stuff. Yeah, or, or any uh, anything else. Yeah. You know, just like pick some, you know, I'm going to pick this and I'm going to believe in it. And yeah. I'm going to um, be a good soldier, right. you know, in it. And, um, and I have been. Why know. did you pick that? Just because it made the most sense to you when you mm-hmm. researched it or it seemed like the exactly. most. Exactly. Like, yeah. And I was like, we're in New York, MSK, best, mm-hmm. you know, people come from all over the world to be treated yeah. here. You know, I believed in my doctors. I believed in the approach, you know. So needless to say, as I joke with my oncologist, his Yelp review is really going down now because, uh, you know, stuff keeps coming back. I'm like, wait a minute, mm. you were supposed to fix this three years ago. Mm. Uh, wait till I get on Yelp and I'll have my way with you there. Mm. And a lot of people are going to be really mad at you if I put this on social media, you know. No. Right. But we do try to maintain a sense of humor about it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so you know, putting your hands in, you know, the big medicine has been a scary thing too because it's like, it's chemo, it's radiation, you know. It's yeah. It's been a lot, but you know, I've been uh, put my head down, getting it done, you know, and uh, uh, so prognosis, you know. There's like still, you know, plenty of hope. Right. Okay, good. But the bone thing is like tricky because you just get weak. Right. And nobody wants that, you know? Yeah. So that's the part that scares me is maybe my body, you know. Getting weak. Yeah, crumbling. Is there a lot of pain? Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yeah? Yes, yeah. And they got you good pain pill medication? I try to dodge you, it all. You dodge it? I try to dodge it all. Um, it's very hard, though. What about the weed? I guess um, that helps, right? CBD and all that? Well, it can help. I mean, the thing about weed, for me, is it just amplifies wherever you're at. That's true. So it's like... Some, it can make you freaked out, probably. Yeah, it's like some days I don't want... I, no yeah. amplification, thank you. Yeah, like, <laughs> you, know. you know, yeah, thinking about the ultimate questions and stuff like that. <laughs> then yeah. get stoned and then really freak out. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't quite... I mean, it's good for zoning out. Like, if yeah. you just want to, like, hit the veg, you know, hit the veg button, mm-hmm. you know, that's not... Um, 
it's helpful, you know, it's helpful for that. What um, about psychedelics, mushrooms? Um, I mean, yes, I have in the past. And right now I'm considering like different ideas of wellness or different roads to go down, you know? Yeah. Uh, such, you know, as, such as what? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, or, yeah. yeah or, or considering, um, I haven't super researched it. I've talked to a number of people. Um, I'm not opposed. I to, I'm open to that. I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, Iboga. It's another crazy mm-hmm. psychedelic thing. Three days. Have you it done ta- it? Yeah, I have. I've done it twice. Uh-huh. It takes three days. Wow. It's a, and it's, it's guided? You're like guided? Well, there was a guy that helped, that like gave me some and then hung out in my apartment. I don't know like how guided it was. It was in, you know, New York years ago, but it was like to try to like, you know, jump start my way out of addictions and stuff like uh-huh. that you know and it helped hmm. you know what's it called again i began i don't know if it'd be right. good for what you're dealing right. with ayahuasca what what's the thought but doing ayahuasca just like uh, like confronting your soul on some right. level busting open that uh, busting open. Bust, bust it open the wall you yeah. know take getting the shortcut to the mm-hmm. you know um so i'm considering you know some of those things now mm-hmm. it'd be maybe interesting to check out i mean i've never done ayahuasca i've done dmt i smoked the venom that comes out of the toad which is a supposedly the craziest mm. one it's I, like that song that you know that song m83 has a song about that do they yeah oh it's the best song it's about like smoking the toad yeah 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 it's it's a really funny <laughs> Dude, song. i did that twice that mm. is crazy that one is wild <laughs> I did yeah. that one with a shaman in Mexico. Did it have like lasting? Like I'm interested, you know, because I read the book. I read Michael Pollan's book. That's mm-hmm. my extent of, you know, besides yeah. like past stuff, you know. But like yeah. I read, you know, that Michael Pollan book. And um, so did it have lasting like? I, I, I think psychedelics help. I, like I've, you know, I started my psychedelic experience when I was 15 I took acid and it was a heavy duty trip when Mm -hmm. I was 15 so like from then I feel like it's impacted my being but I I just think like psychedelics in and of themselves are not a cure-all if if people are like just looking for that to like do all the heavy lifting it's not going to but it can definitely boost you in the right direction if you are ready to go in that direction as well Right. Like if you're if you're ready to put some work into, then they can be like steroids for spiritual growth. I think mm-hmm. that's good. Uh, you know, that's a good phrase. Yeah. And you do hear and in that, uh, you know, the Michael Pollan book, um, and and I've talked to other people with, um, you know, terminal illnesses and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you do hear stories of it helping to having those lasting effects, like. You know, yeah, you have that day or night or eight hours or 12 hours, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But that after you're kind of thinking about things in a new a way because you've broken through some walls. Like, right. That's kind of my understanding of it. And that's, that's kind what of I heard about mushrooms, too. The appeal. It, yeah. It can help you like face those ultimate things. Right. In a way that makes them not as scary, I guess. That's the appeal. You know, besides yeah. like 
just maybe having a good laugh for 12 hours. And yeah. I don't think it's underestimate a, the power of that. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be a laugh though. <laughs> yeah. It might I, not. It's, 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 <laughs> not, it's not like really a laugh. It's not going to be like know? freshman year in college. Nah, I don't no. think so. I think it's a bit of a confrontation. I'm going to be like Cornell 1979. <laughs> Darn it. Oh man. I know. <laughs> oh, rats. Are you, um, do you have like, have you been like, do you go into prayer? What do you have any kind of like fear that way? Like, do you like ask like God, like, Hey, what's up? Like, I think I'd be like, Hey, what's up? What the fuck yeah, yeah, do you yeah. want from me? Like, yeah. please help me. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you have anything yeah, like that there's, going on? Yeah. There's a lot of that. It's, um, it's interesting how it's, um, so far been playing out for me because, you kind of go back to your kids stuff uh-huh. and like I'm peeling away the kids stuff now to see what's real. So what do you mean ra- by that? Uh, like I was raised Catholic. Okay. So I just go back to that, like those things that were just, you know, ingrained in me of being raised, you know, Catholic and believing that, you know, like I'll still like even today, you know, if I walk by St. Pat's, I'll go mm-hmm. in, I'll light a candle, I'll feel something, mm-hmm. you know, I will feel, I'll, I'll stop, I'll, I'll sit for a minute, mm-hmm. I'll have a wee chat, you know, right. um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll take, I'll take a minute. But of course, there's so much of that, that is wholly at odds with almost everything else I believe and stand for in my life. That there's a bit of a conflict there, but you do tend to... Are you talking about the Bible and all that kind of stuff? Yes, and just, you know, traditional religion and Catholicism and the patriarchy and, you know, it's just... I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking more spirit, like just more... Never mind. Right. Never mind the bollocks. The who? Yes. Never mind <laughs> the bollocks. You know, just yeah. the sex pistols. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it's the sex pistols. Yeah. Like never mind <laughs> the Bible. It's God. Like, right, like right, you know right, what right. I mean? Like right. And who are you talking? Who? Not even who are you talking what? to? But like, what are you? Yeah. Yeah. Just the energy of the universe. Like right. And for me, it's time. It's like I just ask for time. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of like my word. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like I guess. Um, you know, peace or pain-free or whatever, but I'm squarely, I'm on the time message right now. Yeah. I'm like, just give us some time, you know, don't, uh, don't rob me of, don't rob me of time. Right. Time. It's like the most precious commodity. The most precious yes. thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's wild. So if somebody is in charge of the clock. <laughs> right. That's who I'm trying to talk to. Yeah. Of the uh, trying to trying to get with the clock keeper, and uh, and be like, yeah, let's you know, let's keep time. Right. Uh, keep time on my side. Do you have any like visions about what what's beyond this realm? Wow. I should have known you were going to ask that. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I think again, it like falls back to those beliefs that we were ingrained and like, I'm going to go to heaven, Joe. I was a good girl. Right. You know, I was a good girl. I like did nice things for people and I was, was never, well, maybe once in a while I was a jerk, but not really a jerk a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and good girls go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that what happens? Yeah. You know? Right. So I think I have some of that like 
old stuff playing so you that got a lot I haven't of traditional yet. Religions right. up in up in your noggin. Yeah, that yeah. I haven't yet. I'm questioning, of yeah. course, of course, questioning that stuff. Yeah, haven't quite replaced it. Right. With anything yet, yeah. you know, it's almost like, and uh, yeah. I don't have those traditional things in my. Well, I was not raised with any religion at all, so it's like. I just don't have those things, but I always had a relationship with God or like this prayer relationship since I was a kid and I still have it. And I, and it's like kind of like what I center my life around, you know, is that sort of like conscious contact with whatever that is. Well, you're a poet though, too. You're open, you're an open being. Is that part of it too? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And that's part of the, the road in and the road out, right? Yeah. And why you can write what you write and paint what you paint. I guess so, yeah. That's, you know... Do you... Do you feel lucky that you have these skills? Like, you have this gift of painting and poetry and writing and stuff. Is it something that you think of as, like, I'm lucky I have this? It's interesting. Yeah, I do, I guess. But it's also like I'm confronted, I'm like, you're constantly sort of up against your own limitations in those realms. Mm. So you're just bad, like you kind of like existing in that space of your own limitations, wishing those weren't there. So you're not really ever sitting around thinking about how lucky you are to have the gift. You're thinking about how you wish the limitations of your gift weren't there. So what are the limitations like comparing to other Uh, things? Yeah, just like like, whatever it is, like your like your own like you know your Picasso did this. Why am I doing that? Yeah, Bob, I'm not Bob Dylan. (laughs) You know, like that kind of thing. You know, right? But like uh, so, yeah. Not that I want to be Bob Dylan, but right. I I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. Like it's like you don't you take things for granted until until you can't take them for granted anymore you know mm-hmm. and then there are these moments like this moment of being in this space where it feels like the universe is just really giving me like a very big like bear hug and kiss and like saying like this is where we want you to go mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. a guide like do you ever listen to abraham hicks like uh-uh. the the manifester about the vortex and all that kind of stuff and things that are in your vortex that you're creating huh, and yeah. how it's like so much bigger than what you can imagine stuff like that. Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks. Yeah. I listen to a lot of that kind of stuff and Dr. Joe Dispenza. Do you ever listen to him? Oh, I was telling you about you that. You are the me. placebo. Yes. Yeah. You turned me on to that. Yeah. Yes. Did you ever check that out? I did. I yeah. did. What did you think of that? I don't know. It didn't really go did, down my road. Didn't hit you? Yeah. Too woo-woo. Too woo-woo. Too I don't know. It was too... I, I'm not sure. You know, but yeah. I was probably also... That was like a year ago, too. I was in a different place, you know? Yeah, that was um, even more than a year ago. Yeah. It was so when we did Led Zeppelin at Carnegie Zep, Hall. Right, the Zepp night. Yeah. We've shared some fun nights, you know. Yeah. I remember the first time I I did a radio thing, I think it was with you at FUV. I remember right. my manager, Rob Shore, came yeah, and I had yeah. written a new song. I just wrote, Watch Mean Streets. You remember that? <laughs> yes, I sure do. I sure do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you came to FUV. That would have been, um, 
99, 2000? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, 99, 2000. How did you get started doing, like, get, getting where you are now? Like, what, what, what was your inroad into becoming the program director at WFUV? Well, I'm there 25 years, so yeah. I've had a long... What was before that? Before that, I worked at a bunch of different radio stations. Uh, definitely um, the words paid her dues yeah. <laughs> come to mind. I've done all kinds, you know, I did all right. kinds of things. Worked for six bucks an hour, you know, overnight shifts and stuff, but mostly uh, story being always loved music, was always a bit of a chatterbox, you know, mm-hmm. always like talking to people, you know, always wanted to talk to people, always very, you know, uh, was not a good student, and smart, mm-hmm. you know, but school was never where anything good was going to happen for me, you mm-hmm. know, kind of got my way through it, you know, fake my way through it or whatever. And um, where'd you go to school? I went to Hobart and William Smith, very prestigious school in upstate New York, where I was like 1979. I got a full scholarship because I was coming out of Mount Vernon High School. You know, money earning Mount Vernon. I had promise. Mm. (laughs) They plucked me (laughs) out of Mount Vernon High. And did you know you wanted to go into the music business? I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was like not even gay yet. I mean, I was gay, but it was like 79. Still experimenting? Yes. Still experimenting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, Joe. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Confusing. It was. It was. It wasn't. You know. It wasn't so fun and easy to uh, to be gay in '79. You know. No, it's gotten was, better lately. It's gotten better. Yeah. Little, you know. Now there's like lipstick for everybody. You got Ellen on TV. You know. '79 was a little trickier. Yeah. But uh, it yeah. Must have been rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I didn't really. Um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I thought I was like, going to go into politics or whatever. But I was at this super fancy school where I was fish out of water with all these you know kind of preppy people who i didn't relate to and vice versa but at the same time i was outcast i was an outcast and but i was given this gift of like a four-year free ride at a you know how do you walk away from it uh but i did studying what uh um my major ultimately was urban studies so it was like a combination of political science and sociology and um I just ended up getting myself kicked out because I didn't have the guts to, you know, quit, you know. Uh-huh. So you just like sort of like self-destructed it? Self-destructed it, you know. Nice. Del- How'd you do that? <laughs> Smoke a lot of weed? Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'll tell you the story and you won't even believe your ears. Okay. God, I can't believe I'm telling this story. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we would. <laughs> So <laughs> burn the college down. <laughs> uh, you're warm. Wow. So I guess I always had a little bit of like a delinquent uh, streak in me, you mm-hmm. know. And um, so I just started. Full, um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> started pulling fire alarms. Oh, really? <laughs> That's so funny. And then that's hysterical. Isn't that something? And then we were tipping over. Yep. And then we were tipping over. Like uh, three or four. (laughs) And then, uh, so I got kicked out once. Yeah. We're like 10. And we were tipping (laughs) over um, vending machines and stuff. Wow. So I went out big. You were just like, 
your soul was reacting against this yes. place. I was in the wrong place. Were you, you know? wh- while you were tipping over a vending machine, <laughs> did some did a voice in your head go like, "Hey Rita, why the fuck are you doing this?" <laughs> did, did, or was she's just <laughs> just a little girl looking for some attention? Right, you know, just yeah. looking for somebody to be like, "Um, you you might be in the wrong place here. Let's put you at NYU where you'll probably like." You know, meet your people and whatever. So, yeah. you know, I mean, college is wasted on the young. What I wouldn't give now to, like, go to Hobart and William Smith, spend four years, yeah. have somebody cook all your food for you, read books every day, hang out with your friends and talk about your ideas. Yeah. Oh, yes. Can we go do that, please? Right. That sounds good to me, too. <laughs> right? I never went to college. I think I fucked up. You went up. straight from high school? Straight from high school into the world, yeah. Mm. I was already in the world when I was in high school. I was already playing five nights a week in Cleveland bars. Wow. I was a musician in And high how school. far away from the city did you live? I lived in, I grew up in Akron and I, and I would, we would drive to Cleveland, I would drive to Cleveland a lot to For play gigs. For gigs, so that'd be like yeah. an hour or something? 30 like, minutes. Uh-huh. <coughs> and then I moved to Atlanta for like four years and then I just, and then basically got signed to Peter Gabriel's label. Uh-huh. Yeah. Come to so, where I'm from. Yeah. Or Big City Secrets is the first one. Oh, right. And Big City come, Secrets. And then come right. from. But you decided to name your podcast Come to Where I'm From. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know. It's a perfect fit when you think about it. Actually, Keith Hagen came up with that idea. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. You like it? I like it. So we first heard Big City Secrets, and Dan Connolly and I just love to tell the story of, like, first hearing Joe Arthur, you know, first hearing your music. I could still see, picture me in my office at FUV, you know, and Dan came over. Dan came, you know, back in the day when record guys would come and play in new records. Dan, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it was like, never heard anything like it at that moment, you know. Nothing like it, you know, and then, of course, came, you know, come to where I'm from, and it's been a heck of a ride you've had. It's been wild. You yeah. know? It's been wild. Rita and FUV have supported you all uh, along. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I always, th- that was my yeah. exposure to FUV was them playing you. Yeah. That's how I first yeah. heard of the, the well, station. Well, think of the songs. I mean, think of like the just straight up gems, you know, you know what your gems are, the Honey in the Moon, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, gosh. Just, you know, just amazing songs that uh, just have will stand the test of time. Thank you. True that. True that. Well, I, I definitely appreciate all the support over the years. Mm. It's been uh, really great for yeah, me. Yeah, so I think that would have been 99. Help, help so. keep food on my table. Yeah, well, you've worked. Listen, man, you've worked hard. You've, you've <laughs> yeah. Talk about a guy That's who's true. paid his dues. You've <laughs> I definitely do put the old elbow grease in this yes, shit. Yes, you have. Uh, you've <laughs> definitely to, worked hard. I tend to do that. Yeah. I, I will give myself that much credit. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I throw down some elbow grease. I definitely do. <laughs> we can agree on that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. so, so, so. So you're knocking over vending machines and you're getting yourself kicked out of school. And then where, so then you go to NYU or what? No, then I was done with school and I was just kicking around, waiting tables so you didn't, and stuff. you didn't graduate? I didn't graduate, no. And I was, um, just came back home, you know, kind of tail between my legs. Oh yeah? You know, my family. Upset. Yeah, everybody was like, what are you, an idiot? I was like, um, yeah. Still young 20s? Yeah, yeah, I'm like 20, 21, I guess. Um... And, uh, you know, so quickly got a waitress job, you know, because there was not going to be any, like, 
excuse me while I backpack through Europe and hopefully find myself. Right. There, that was not the option. It was like, you didn't have, right, you didn't go get a job. Cushion. Yeah. And um, uh, through some mutual friends, just had a friend who was the faculty advisor at the Westchester Community College radio station, Larry Spinner. Uh, and he said, oh, I'm the faculty advisor at the radio station at Westchester Community College. And sometimes we turn the radio station off because we don't have people to like, you know, do it. And I was like, as a music lover, and I've always been a huge, massive, you know, music fan and radio fan, you mm -hmm. know, I was like, you can't turn a radio station off. Like what the, you know, I said, oh, could I come and like, just do stuff, you know, I'll like, the late shift? Yeah, I'll do things, you know. Like I'll, WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah, like you know, your Johnny, me, uh, yeah. whatever his name let is. Let me figure it out, you know. Yeah. And so uh, he said, sure. So that was where I just, you know, started playing around. And then from there, I went to another Westchester uh, radio station. So wait, that's your first time on radio? Yes. Oh, here's another, so here's it, another not well-known secret in yeah. the middle of all of this. Yeah. I went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Joe, you're getting all the secrets out of me. What's wrong with that? It's just kind of funny because, like, they used to advertise on the news, like, oh, you too can be a DJ. School of Broadcasting. <laughs> well, there's not that much information about you. That's why I find yeah, it fascinating. Yeah, we did a little research. Like, there's no Wikipedia page. There's no bio that goes beyond 2002 director of FUV. But Rita, what happened before that? It's yeah. Like, who were you? Okay, so you went to this Connecticut radio broadcasting school. Right. Yeah, and then that's is right. that after that guy let you in on the bootleg yes. set? So then yes. you're like, oh, let me learn this better. Yeah, let me learn this better, and then I learned how to make a tape. Okay. So you emerged from Connecticut School of Broadcasting with an audition tape. Right. But then I went around and shopped that around. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays you could just like get that on your phone app or something. Yes, exactly. Then you have to go to a whole community college <laughs> just to get a fucking tape. I mean, <laughs> like, fuck's sake. Now you can just look it up on YouTube in an afternoon. Right, right. You know? <laughs> right boom, done. <laughs> There's an app for that. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Kids today have no idea how hard it, it was. It used to be hard. Everything used to be hard. I had to drive all the way to Connecticut to go to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. So what was that? Like, how many hours a day was that? Was that, that was like, it was like maybe a four to six week kind of intensive thing where you learn how to like talk into a microphone, how to cut tape, how DJ breaks work. You know, if you wanted to be a newscaster, that was one path. And I wanted to be a radio DJ. So that was another path. So then I got my tape. And then I got a job at WVIP in Mount Kisco. But, but what was it like the first time you went into that station that they turned it off? Like, what was it? What was your? What was Rita Houston's very first, first <laughs> time on the air? And like, did you like? Were you there alone? Did you look around the room? You're like, oh my god, what the fuck? And what was the first thing you said on the microphone? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could remember, but right. it was like. I was just so happy. Right. And I don't even know how I even knew like what to do. Like a kid in a candy do. store. Yeah, but like I knew like, oh. You're like, whoa, I can't believe somebody's letting me do this. Yeah, and there was nothing, They're you like, know. How bad can it be? We're off anyway. Might as well right. give this a shot. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. That's right. You know, and I just like hit the button, you know, on, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it was the 80s. So I think I, you know, probably played like, you know, new shoes or something i can't wait to do 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 right. you know? i don't think i like i mean i don't think my first song was like you know 
Velvet Underground or Richard Thompson. Right. <laughs> I don't think I started cool, right. you know. And, um, but I do remember just like being like, I like this. What was like that this, like? You know, like I, I like this. I like this talking into my, you know, I like this feeling, feeling. of, yeah. Like this, 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 this is it, you know. What was the feeling? Just, um, I guess communicating, you know, but it was solo, but it wasn't solo because you're in the room alone. Were you getting feedback? Was anybody calling in? Not initially, but then it did eventually turn into that, you know, where you got some feedback and Mm -hmm. stuff, which was pretty cool. But I did instantly love it and was like, yeah. Right. How do we do this? So that kind of came out of, you know, pretty much came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like... So, I had a whole other plan. But so then all of a sudden, then you had a direction for your life, mm-hmm. but that you didn't previously have. Is that right? Totally. Yeah. You know, and it was like, oh, thank you. Um, it was, uh, it kind of came into view, you know, kind of came into view. And um, and then just to be on the air and, you know, it was so different than to, first of all, you're smoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think back at my... WVIP, you know, it was a big ashtray on the console. Yeah. You know? I know. Isn't that, isn't that the greatest? <laughs> like, it's just so funny to think, you know? Like, now I think an FUV. I don't even know what would happen if somebody lit a cigarette, you know, in the studio at you WFUV. You artists that came in to play and just lit up? Uh, no, one guy, Neil Lara. Remember Neil Lara? He, he lit up a joint in the hallway. I was like, buddy, you can't really do that um, here. It's campus college oh geez. he did he just went in <laughs> yeah he just like fired it up yeah. i'm keith richards basically yeah you know this is what i do <laughs> this is what i do <laughs> this is what i do i was yeah that was the time that happened oh man that's funny yeah and then yeah. how many more stations before you ended up at fuv there were a few um few stations and then um i worked for a time at abc uh network news um, as an big. engineer, so that's when I learned a lot of tech uh, stuff, and I got to travel. Mm-hmm. I did the um, Democratic National uh, convention. convention and stuff, Dukakis. Mm-hmm. I was on the road with wow. Dukakis. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot uh, there, but I knew I was working for Sally Jesse Raphael on her talk show, Howard Cosell. I got to work with Howard Cosell wow. uh, in that context, uh, in that place. and. So that was really interesting, and I made a pile of money. Really? Capital P, because it was a union gig. It was an ABIT. So when Cap Cities busted the union, I was 28 years old. Mm -hmm. Hated my job, because at this point I realized I really wanted to be on the mic. Right. But I gave it up, because I just couldn't afford it anymore and work for $6 an hour. I was like, that was just a pipe dream. Mm. I got to, you know, again, getting back to that kind of like working class ethos of like Mm -hmm. you got to make a living i took the abc thing but i was miserable i hated it met a lot of cool people so then they when they busted the union busted the nabet union there was a buyout so i'm 28 years old and i got like a year and a half salary to leave a job i hated Mm. so that's what really teed me up to then get into radio because i had that cushion Mm. financial cushion then I went to WXPS with Paul Cavalcante. I know you know Paulie. Mm. Uh, Paul hired me, and then I had a year to really kind of, you know, get good, figure my stuff out, be able to work for $7 an hour. 
Right. I had a girlfriend at the time, Lauren Stone, who I think you probably know. She runs EHM in East right. Hampton, okay. the East Hampton station. Yeah. So she was incredibly supportive of helping me get started and stuff. So all of that kind of added up to then having the room to like get good enough to Become, hopefully make a living, you know, at this someday. Yeah. So when did you when did you finally arrive at FUV? So then, uh, uh, in between, there was uh, the station with Paul Cavalcante, uh, XPS, and there was a format change there. And this guy named Steve Bladder came in, and he was just um, he's he was um, gosh, what do you say? We don't have to be diplomatic. No. You know, he was just like he was the worst. You know, right. and uh, <laughs> so they changed the station. They they cha- and they were gonna make they made it a Gen X station. So the station was called X one hundred seven. We were gonna be the Gen X station. Oh no! And he wanted everybody That's terrible, terrible, right? <laughs> and he wanted everybody on the station to have an X in their name. You know, right, right. <laughs> so I was like, I became Harley Fox. Yeah, <laughs> which was well, awesome. That's crazy. Harley so Fox. I was Harley. You're Fox. Harley Fox. I was Harley Fox. I was three. Uh, I did afternoon drive three to eight. Right. And if I and you had to say I'm Harley Fox constantly. Damn. And then I had to say even worse. I had to say I'm Harley Fox. Here's G and R on today's uh, rock X one oh seven. I'm Harley Fox. G and R. Here's Guns N' Roses. Roses. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's Stone Temple Pilots. STP. Right. Here's STP. STP. You know, yeah. I mean. Let's just say I wasn't exactly playing my favorite music. Right. <laughs> but it was kind of funny because um, I was on three to eight. So like every like seventh grader would come home after school and like listen to Harley and like call on the phone like, mm. what's up, Harley? It's Jacob. What are you doing? You know, so I, I had my fans. My fans were seventh graders, but it That's was pretty funny. fun. When you, when, in hindsight, though, when, when things like that, like when you think back like at your the trajectory of your career and even in life just like like why do you think the universe makes us do dumb shit like yeah. that you know what i mean like <laughs> why you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. what is the point of these yeah. things they're yeah. like tr- what are they teaching us and yeah. like what do you yeah. think yeah it's 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 very good to connect this to that you know right. it's very like that's what's cool. Come to where I'm from. That's like, that's it right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. it is. It, why? Right. Because, yeah. Well, I guess because it ain't a catwalk, right? Right. It's not, you know, and you got to get tested. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it something about paying dues? Is there something about? Yeah. You know, or is that more like my good girl thing? Like, I think, oh, you got to pay your dues to get anywhere in life, you know? But, like, I think you do have to pay I your dues. So. Whatever doesn't kill you. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Oh, and this guy, Steve Blatter, like, so he was my boss, and I'd go to work every day. I was living in the city, and the station was in Westchester. I was living down on Astor Place, and right. I was kind of commuting up to Westchester every day. And uh, one day I walk into the office, and he sees me walking in, and he's, what's that under your arm? Newspaper. Right. I said, that's just my newspaper. He goes, oh, it's the New York Times. I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, listen, I need you to read the Post from now on. 
I said, um, you know, because he wanted me to be more relatable. He thought I wasn't, I wasn't oh, relatable to the audience you're being reading too, the like liberal or something. Yeah, reading reading the New York Times. I was like, Jeez. oh my gosh, pose. this is uh, this is uh, would have been cheap back then. Yes, yes. This is this this is not a good scene. This is not a good read of scene. Anyway, I stuck it out for about a year. And, um, One of the reasons it could be like paying dues and bullshit like that is that when you do finally get to like the place where you are now, the FUV, and you get to be Rita Houston and you get to play what you like. Joseph Arthur. You know, <laughs> you know, then, then you know, then she it's needed to go through <laughs> that to get you. That's well, no, right. then you have greater appreciation yeah. for it that, you yeah. know. That, Absolutely. I guess that's you one know, way of looking I, at it. I, I think it is. And it's like, I knew I couldn't stay there, but I also wasn't going to quit until something else came up. Mm-hmm. And I was driving from, you know, I had a car, so I was driving from, you know, the Eastvale to Westchester every day listening to FUV. And I was right. like, I want to work there. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was like 1993, four. So it's mm-hmm. like, Richard Thompson, County Crow, Cheryl Crow. Like there was like a lot of stuff was starting to bubble. Mm. Of course, Richard Thompson had been around, but you know, like those solo Thompson, 90 yeah. something, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, so I just called the station and I was like, hey, um, can I work there, <laughs> please? And, uh, you know, met with them and ended up getting hired doing middays. So that was uh, 25 years ago. It's amazing. Yeah. And I've never really been the kind of person who thought I would do anything for 25 years, you mm. know? But, you know, here we are now I'm in my 26th year, practically, you know, right. which is pretty crazy. But I'd love it as much as ever. I mean, it's not a uh, it's not BS to say that. When did you become program director? Uh, first, I, I so I was hired as middays. Then I did middays music director. And then I came off the air full time to just be music director. And then how long was that for? That was about uh, about four or five years. And I really missed being on the air. Being on the air is still my favorite, yeah. absolute part of it all. You yeah, know? that seems weird, you not being on the air. Yeah, I love all the other stuff I get to do, but, you know. So then I started my Friday night show, The Whole Wide World, which I love. And then, um, uh, and then I became program director. And then that's really when, um, you know, a lot of, we, we definitely made a bunch of different moves at the station, you know, rearranged some staff members and, and you know we're having a we're having a really good time, and we've got a good, uh, healthy audience. You know, it's not like light FM, you know, but it's like we can sustain it, and um, and I enjoy it. But I really still love being on the air, and still love talking to artists, and you know, and love like my Friday night thing. So when I got sick initially. We put a little setup in my house. Oh, okay. So I have a little setup at the house too. So even times if I'm like really unwell, I could still DJ from the house. Yeah, do my thing, which has been really good to kind of maintain a presence. You know. And then when you like feel better, you still like fuck it. Let me just rock this at the house. Why do I got to drive to the Bronx? <laughs> I got to drive to the Bronx. Really? I, I already know this works. Like, I know. The I jig know. is up on this one. I know. Oh my gosh! When I think of like. You know, precious moments on earth or whatever. It's like commuting is the biggest waste of time in the world. Yeah. Precious moments on earth. You know. Yeah. Don't spend them commuting. Yeah. That's uh, that's a trip. So this is really beautiful, not to uh, deflect, but uh, wow. Joe, that's really something. 
Thanks, man. Rita, speaking of interviews, um, you seem to be the go-to person everywhere when somebody needs to have a sit-down with a musician or a conversation, a town hall, not necessarily on the radio, and you're like the voice of everything. When you started doing that, who was the first big musician that was an influence on you that you had to sit down with and how nerve-wracking was that right. the very first time? Now you just casually sit with anyone. Oh, I'm sure my. It's well, no. No? Okay. It's still not. It still scares the heck out of me. Coming here today scared the heck out of me. You Every, know? It's always, everything's scary always. Yeah. It's good, too. Nerves, nerves are what keep you... Uh, keep you sharp. Keep, yeah, keep you sharp. But I have... Um, you know, I think... W- when you're doing interviews, if you're doing something at a radio station where it's just one-on-one, that's one dynamic. But when you're doing things in public with an audience, it's another dynamic. And sometimes that um, the public with an audience can be easier. Like when I used to host, I'm sure you, we did some of those together, those in their own words shows at the bottom line, you know, okay. the songwriter thing, yeah, yeah. the songwriter in the round thing. You know? I did one of those, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Citizen Cope and Susan Vega. Uh, Suzanne Vega. And wasn't Evan Dando the fourth? Uh, no, no, but huh. that would have been good. Yeah. I like Evan Dando. Yeah. Call <laughs> us back, Evan. We want you on the podcast. <laughs> come on. Come <laughs> he on. He already let's... said yes. Oh, cool. Scheduling is just, he's out I in guess he, uh, Martha's Vineyard. Oh, well, this rig. This rig can get on a ferry. This yeah. rig travels for <laughs> this rig, sure. This rig can float on the ferry. Yeah, for sure. That's good living. Yeah, so I think the you know interviews with an audience is always it's nerve wracking and and scary, but like lots of times, the audience is kind of on your side. You know what I mean? So if you have a difficult artist, you know it's like the audience is kind of with you. Um, oh really? I think I feel that. Yeah. Like they can tell the artist is being a, a jerk. Maybe like if you are in that situation, yeah. you know, with a difficult audience, a difficult yeah. ar- artist, you know, the audience is like, yeah, Rita, you know what I mean? Like you feel, you know, supported, but doing interviews, you know, at the station where you're one on one, you know, that's a whole other level of intimacy. But to answer your question, I think the first, you know, one that scared the, you know, but Jesus, yeah, but Jesus out of me, uh, was probably Leonard Cohen. And that was a public wow. one at uh, Joe's pub. How was that? Beautiful. What'd you ask him? All sorts of stuff about New York and, you know, stuff. I mean, it was really... What advice do you can you give to, like, budding interviewers such as myself on how to become yeah. good at it? Well, you're so good, Joe, because you're good at, like, taking the thing, but then connecting it to a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, here, we're talking, to, we're talking to Rita, but it's like, no, now I'm going to show you how what Rita's saying... You know, so that's an amazing gift that is just the way you interact with the world. Right. So you've already got that hard part. I think, um, you know, it's that natural curiosity. Yeah, you got to like people, I think. Yeah, and you just have to, like, you be, be curious. curious. Yeah, and listen. You have to listen, and um, I don't know. I think you have to, you know, there has to be some version of preparation. Yeah. You know, or some sort of a, some sort of a, um, starting point Mm -hmm. you know give us some tips on that (laughs) (laughs) the preparation we're 70 year episode 77 or something like holy cow joe's done quite a few of these yeah and um i uh i watched the rosanna arquette Mm -hmm. i watched the uh rain phoenix you've had you got some good ones yeah you've had some uh yeah rain that was uh 
Those two were pretty deep. Mm-hmm. The rain one was uh, very intense, very intense, very moving. Yeah. That one. Talking a lot about death and stuff like that on that one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the biggest part of it is, well, it's, it's funny because we're talking about developing a podcast at FUV mm-hmm. and like there's radio and then there's podcasting and yeah. they're actually very, very different. Right. What do you think? In what way? And I think in radio, you're always thinking, who are you talking to? Who's the audience? Mm. And I think in podcasting, you're looking at me and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm talking to Rita. Right. I'm not thinking, oh, Bob is 45 years old and <clears throat> driving his UPS truck mm. in New Jersey. And I need to, and you know, make, yeah. yeah, I need to make sure Bob's in the loop about where we're at, mm. you know? So I think that's a big difference. Whereas right. I think like with radio, it's always like, okay, we have like, let's say at FUV, let's say use Joe as an example. We have a starting point. Okay, Joe Svarth is going to be with us here. We're going to assume you know who he is, you know, you know, the his, you know, you know yeah. a bit of the history, but we're still going to be like, we're talking to Joseph Arthur. He's a visual artist. He's a songwriter. His new album is called Blank. Yeah. But, you know, there's always that like, bring him back in, bring him back in. Mm-hmm. Where with podcasting, I guess, because people opt in, first of all. Right. From the beginning, it is more of like, I'm just talking to Rita. And if you don't like what Rita's saying or what I'm saying to Rita, yeah. You're gonna turn it off. I, I don't know. Yeah. Turn it off. yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. I mean, usually with most of these, like people that you interview, approach it like it's a conversation. They kind of know it's what podcasting is. But there are the odd ones where it's like it definitely like it. They are they're getting interviewed, and it's like you have to keep constantly asking questions right 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 (laughs) those those are a bit more challenging yes yes what have you do you remember like some of your most challenging interviews like any like funny stories about like it all just going horribly wrong on air anything like that or do you care yeah i mean there have been some (laughs) not that you have to throw anybody under the bus or anything chrissy hine oh good because i'm from ohio i'm from akron Oh man, what happened with that one? She just, um, (laughs) you know, now you got to understand, I graduated high school in 1979. Yeah. And was like a definite punk rock, new wave, like, uh, you know, the pretenders, like, just, you know, changed every, pretenders, plasmatics. I mean, that was like the prime of like my, you know, music or whatever. And I didn't come at her like all super you know, fangirl hard or whatever. But she came to FUV and she was just like, a, she was, you know, you've been at FUV. A lot of our crew are students. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's funny when you go to FUV, it's like when you're, it's like you're, you know, as a musician, it's like your big gig in like, you know, big New York radio play. And it's like students setting your sound yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> like sound like, checking. You're like, wait, what the yeah. fuck? Anyway, right. go ahead. Yeah. And, and I think that threw her, like she didn't right. get it. It you can know? throw you. And so she just got <laughs> off to the wrong foot and she was just like saying to Michael Plant, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh, you know? Really? And like was just basically, you know, being really impossible. Down. So, you know, I am of Italian American mm-hmm. um background. Sinatra you know? fan. Sinatra fan. And like <laughs> Studio A, <clears throat> if I'm doing an interview, is my house. Yeah. And like 
I'll get all Italian American on you and uh-huh. tell you like you are not going to carry on like this in uh, my house. So like you confronted. Yeah, I was just like, "What's up? Like, if you don't want to be here, we don't have to do this." Right. You know, and if you do want to be here, let's do this. Right. Like, and then Plan was like, "I'll handle it." Like the you know record guy, he was like, "Don't talk to her directly. She doesn't." You know. And but I was you were like, about to handle an interview with her, yeah, right? But I was like, no, I'm a human being. She's a human being. We're all Theoretically, human we have a job to do here. Right. I'm happy to do my part of the job. If she don't want to do it, you know, just, you know, get out my living room. <laughs> you know, you're right, stinking, right, right, right. you're stinking up my living room, you know, get out of here. Yeah. And, uh, and she was just a jerk and F this and F that. And, um, so you, know. you, so you said to her like, Hey, this ain't going to work. What, like, you don't have to be here? And then what, did she go off on you? Yeah, she just said, um, no, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, you know, and it was just like all FFF, you know, really. And then also just like, again, you know, there's all these Fordham students, you know, it's like, can you have any sense of like, yes, you know, (laughs) the world around you perhaps, you know? So, I mean, listen. You know what it's like. And I, I, I do know what it's like, too. Day. She had a bad day. And well, I am very empathetic for artists. Yeah. Like, I know by the time an artist walks through that door at FUV, yeah, we have no idea well, what their last 24 hours have been like. Okay, I'll tell you this. Like, from my perspective, there's nerves, for one. Mm-hmm. So that's putting you in a, in a situation that's not necessarily normal. A lot of times, there's exhaustion because you're probably there really early sometimes. Right. You know, if you're on the road, right. you know, there's like not none of these are excuses to act like a jerk. But it's not but, like you but, woke up in a luxury uh, hotel down the block. Right. Plus, FUV is not easy to get to. It's not easy to get to. Or find it, once you're there. Or find it's just that's a, That's the thing is none of these are excuses to act like a jerk. But right. I will say touring musicians, it's an interesting um situation with touring musicians and being sort of like out in front of everybody at these kind of things like on the road because it's like you're putting people touring musicians in these public situations when they're at their kind when they're sort of stressed to a pretty large degree like the road is very stressful and i don't think people necessarily understand that totally so there should be some Yes. leeway given but yes. yeah but not too much like i mean you gotta still be a human like yes. if you're a jerk you're a jerk uh, yes yeah. and you know not for nothing but chrissy hine did not walk from the d train no to wfuv <laughs> no. either you no. know what i mean and yeah, like, yeah 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 and she's already yeah. a legend so she should have yeah. handled it better but yeah. so so but, so but it was so, all bad. So then so, so, so we finally get to. So she's like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna do this." I'm and, gonna do it. And was she so like get in the studio. aggressive at you? No, no, she was fine. There was a bunch of yes and nos. And yeah, uh, it was a duo performance. It was "Break Up the Concrete." It was that album that she did, "Break Up the Concrete," uh-huh. which was technically a Pretenders album. Yeah, even though it was her Hers. and one other guy. Right. Uh, and the other guy's name will come to me, but it's not right now. So then you but it was a car- good record. And you had to carry on the interview after you had the awkward yes, moment? Yes, and you then, know, we're and in what there. Was that and, like? and it was fine, you know, punch a bunch of, like, you know, short one-word answers. I just wanted to get to the finish line, right. you know, with the whole thing. So I guess they played two or three songs. There was a little chat, interstitial chat, you know, in between. And at that time, I guess I had a habit of drinking uh, my water out of a mason jar. Uh-huh. So we get to the end of the interview, and I was like, okay, you know, thanks, guys. Appreciate it whatever right you know and she looks at me just and like it was very um 
aggressive. Like she had to like get the last word in. She had uh-huh. to like jab it, you know? Right. She had to go for the zinger. And she's like, yeah, I always piss in those mason jars. <laughs> like, what wow. does that even mean? I don't know. Wow. I don't wow, know what that wow, means. Wow, 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 wow. I'm embarrassed to be from Akron, Chrissy. <laughs> Fuck that, dude. Now, <laughs> I, I, if somebody called me tomorrow and said, Chris is going to be in New York, you want to do a boogie? I'd say, hell yes. Although that brings me I to my next even, question. Yeah. Have you ever tried urine therapy? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what those mason jars are for. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And just for the record, I was pretty early on that mason jar uh, trend, too. Yeah. This was before everybody oh, was, uh, Every was drinking out of them. Was using yes. them. Yeah. But, but I would never hold a grudge, you know what I mean? I would yeah. never, like, if somebody called, you know. The only thing that pissed me off was not to even throw Plen under the bus, but Michael Plen's a record guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's he's walking out, he's, you know, he knew things were not cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, well, you know, you just witnessed rock and roll royalty. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I didn't. I just witnessed an asshole. Like, right. that's like, that's not, that's not rock and roll royalty. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, just, I hate that I notion that this is like right. somehow like. Don't trump, trump this up as something special. It's yeah. somebody being a dickhead. You got close to you, ro- you got close yeah. to re- true rock. Yeah, like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> nah. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. So that was the worst one. The best one um, would be maybe Emmy Lou Harris with the Wrecking Ball. Mm-hmm. She and Daniel Lenoir, Daniel Brian, Brian Blade, Daryl Johnson. Nice. Can you imagine? Fuck, yeah. <laughs> I almost fainted walking in the room. I was like, okay, why am I going this door? Yeah, that's that's, that's some playing. Yeah. And Emmy Lou just deep in the, you know, they were deep in the zone of that music, too. Mm. They were so, so that was a high. That was definitely a high point. That would have been mid, mid-90s, I guess, 97. Did you travel down to New Orleans a lot? I have been to New Orleans, yeah. yeah. I would like to, uh, you know... Make that a little more of a uh, second Regu- home. Regular thing. Yeah. yeah. I feel a real affinity. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, me too. I, I, I spent a lot of time there. Made a, made a couple records. Which ones? Um, Our Shadows Will Remain oh. was mainly made there. Hmm. You know, I was over Checkpoint Charlie's uh, on Decatur and Esplanade. Mm. And Mike Napolitano. And yeah. A bunch of people that I know out there. Spent like six months out there. It's uh, yeah. there's there's like no other, you know I mean after New York you know there's just no other city Mm-mm. there's no other city like New Orleans yeah just uh, you know just in terms of walk out your front door yeah take a left and that's your day the next day walk out your front door take a right that's your day you yeah. know like I love that about New Orleans so what was it when you did when they had when you had Dan Lanois and those guys on what was that like what did you did you interview them? Yeah, it was an interview, and they played, and, like, it's Brian Blade. Brian Blade, the yeah, drummer. Brian, yeah. Daryl Johnson on bass. bass I mean, yeah. it was, like, Daniel. Then Emmy Lou, just like, meet me at the wrecking ball. You're like, yeah. what? Yeah. You know, and then just their connection, and that was, you know, I actually said, I don't even know why I remember this, but I was so nervous. Right. 
And you know when you're nervous, your voice goes up. So like if we were to dig up the tape, it sounds a little something like, you know, we're in Studio A. Right. <laughs> With Daniel Lenoir and Emmylou Harris. Yeah. And not since Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Peanut Butter and Chocolate Coming Together has a combination been so. And I'm like, oh, God, did I really say that? Right. But I did say that. <laughs> really. <laughs> As one of those, you know, cringe factors that like will remain forever. It's cute. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. On your Twitter, you have a post uh, pinned to the top of the night that Brandy Carlisle played Blue in its entirety, and then you went in the dressing room, and it's Elton and Joni. How was, how was that whole situation? <laughs> that, was, um, that was just a couple of months ago, or, yeah, a month ago. And, you know, Brandy's friend and did Blue because she has stainless steel balls I mean there's no other explanation mm. for Brandy than just like this is one fearless uh, person who tackled blue front to back and um, uh, the show was amazing Joni was in the audience Elton uh, was in the audience which was pretty amazing a lot of celebs because LA you know it was at mm. um, Disney Hall I'd never been there for a show it was beautiful gorgeous and the show was beautiful. And then um, there was like a little after party and everybody was there from Marilyn Manson, Rita Wilson, whole after hang, you know. And then Brandy just came up to me and she's like, Rita, come with me, you know. So Brandy grabbed me and um, Ann Powers uh, and brought us back, you know, and said, Joni, uh, everybody, you know, everybody at the after party wants to hang out with you. Mm. But I'm just bringing back these two women who are really important to me and really represent, you know, what's right about music and stuff. You know, Brandy's really, you know, just speaks from the heart and stuff. And, you know, do you got a minute or whatever? And Joni's like, come on in. Mm -hmm. And so we just sat down and just, you know, talked to Joni for about 20, 20 minutes. Me, Brandy and Powers. It was crazy. Jill Sternheimer that's, was with that's us. Wild. It was really um, what a combination of women. And yeah, and to have the entree be that, like not like a meet and greet, like Joni, I love you. Yeah, you know, like that I've done, and you know. Yeah, but yeah. But this was in more like in the company of giants. Yeah, a giant amongst the giants, Rita. And she was just laughing. Joni was laughing, and you know, Brandy's so funny. Brandy's like, you know, Joni, Rita's the first person I ever told I was gay. And, and Jody's like, you know, like she just couldn't believe there was ever a moment when Brandy was like afraid to be gay or something, you know, and we just talked about all kinds of stuff, you know, and she was uh, really, um, you know, just so present and beautiful. And That's then amazing. security came and, and, and said the night's over. Mm. And Jody's like, just like the old days, we're was getting Joni kicked out. smoking? She quit? wasn't trying to think. She we were all sipping Chardonnay, mm -hmm. so she had a nice stash of Chardonnay nearby. I don't think there were cigarettes, mm. but I do think she does still smoke, right? I think so. Yeah. So Brandy told you she was gay. She, you were the first person she told. Yeah, way back in the day, you know. That's kind of amazing. Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, Brandy, I. Uh, What'd you say? Kind of knew that, oh. you know. <laughs> you had a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it is interesting, you know. Even that would have only been ten or twelve years ago. Yeah. 
like we just lose sight of how scary that can be sometimes, you right. know, especially right. if you feel like Brandy, you know, a young artist with ambition and thinking this is somehow going to hurt me. Right. If this word were to get out. Yeah. You're like, that's just got to be the worst thing. Yeah. Like, to think that mm. this is a liability. An extra layer of fear. Yeah. How was it for you to come out? Um, I mean, I definitely, because I'm a little older, had harder, you know, harder ha- had harder times, I yeah. think. But um, I don't think it's ever really, quote unquote, hurt my career. I mean, maybe the only ways it's hurt my career is that I'm not, well, this is going to sound weird, but like some girls get more, some women get more attention because they play a game that might be appealing to a man in a position of power. Mm. And I've never done anything like that. I don't even know how to do that. (laughs) I mean, I could be charming. Yeah. I've charmed you many times. Oh yeah, you're very. I'm a char. Charming. I'm a charmer. You are But charming. I've never played that thing. You know what I mean. So I think maybe if any way being gay has hurt my career, maybe yeah. it's that where like I haven't been that like. Mm. Oh my god. I don't, you know, I don't even know what that is. I'm okay, not doing yeah. a good job articulating. Even you it. just doing it right there didn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh my exactly. god. Yeah, I'm glad you don't do that. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't exactly. work. With it you. doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever, I don't think it's ever really hurt, you know, hurt me professionally. Was it hard with your family coming out or anything like that? Or Well, there's two of us, two out of five Houstons. So as my dad would say, I got one of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't really hard. I mean, I think they knew. I didn't tell them for the longest time. But then, you know, once you tell your mother. All bets are off. You, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. you could, you know. Then you're then you're fine, you know? right? So that wasn't really. Uh, after I told my parents, I was like, "Well, while we're on the topic, do you have any money saved for my wedding? <laughs> if so, can I have it?" Because <laughs> you were getting gonna get married, or no? Or you no, thought I was you like, never gonna "I'm get never gonna get married." You so are give married, me, right? So give me the money. Yeah, yes. right. Yep. Did they give you money? No. No? <laughs> they didn't fall for that rap. Yeah. Oh, wow. Pretty good rap. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yep. Well, what else? Man, we covered a lot of ground there. Did we? We did. I feel like there's more to cover, but... We did. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I so mean... So is your, uh, your weekly show going to keep going... Um, I saw what you posted for the last show. You're, the artists you choose are really like you start from, uh, uh, what was the first one you picked? Oh, Gorillaz last Gorillaz week? Yeah. all the way to Bob Marley. Uh, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. so. Yeah. I love, you know, I love the Friday night thing. It's, it's just a fun, you know, showcase. This week I think I'm going to do all romance. What makes a great song to you? Um, I think what um, what draws you in how do you pick something I'm a singer I'm a singer girl I'm a vocal girl Mm -hmm. you know there's something you know I don't like when people don't sing right which you know is challenging these days because there's a lot of stuff that's not about you know real singing I'm not it's not to say I want everything to sound like Ella Fitzgerald you know Mm. but I just love I just I just love a good I just love a good voice you know good vocal i'm a lyrics girl you know Mm -hmm. i'm definitely i hear lyrics 
I only need to hear a song once or twice to kind of hear the lyrics, mm. you know. Um, but I've definitely had like, you know, my soul phase, you know, soul or hip hop or, you know. Is it just a, an emotional response you get from a song that you know you're going to put like put on the radio or what 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 determines that for you? I think it's 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 that emotional response and it's that feeling like, you know, the radio is a weird place right now because there's so much going on mm -hmm. and it's like it's got to be something that is like it's almost like every song has to be that driveway moment song you know in order to like cut through it's kind of like because yeah. there's just so much out there mm -hmm. and not every song can be that weird you know curveball you don't want a whole you know you don't want all curveballs but you got to have those songs that are like really that do pop either lyrically or production wise mm -hmm. or just sound different you know right. i think there's a lot about fuv where it's like we're always looking for the stuff that sounds that sounds different. Yeah. And then balancing the familiar and unfamiliar is a big part of it too, you know. Yeah. There's math. There's some math involved in my job. Yeah. You know, of like getting that right balance. Yeah. You know. We had someone who was a radio DJ on and his comment that I just thought about was he said radio was no longer relevant. In this day and age with the internet and podcast and YouTube, so how do you feel about all that? I mean, I think it's probably a dying thing. Who said that? Ralph R Sutton. Ralph said radio is no longer relevant. Yeah, he said it's not It's not What's a factor. On? What channel is he on? Is he on a he's he, not, he's he not, used to be he's a, a podcaster. podcaster now, but he used to be a radio That's why he said that, because he's a podcaster huh. now. No, but I'm just curious, you know, <laughs> yeah. that there are mediums that are f being phased out. Right. Yeah, but FUV still makes an impact. Like yeah, but not if people don't have a radio. Right. I mean, you can still get it on your phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. But we're definitely facing hard times. Yeah. You know, even like you check at a hotel, you don't have a radio anymore. You know, right. talk to anyone under 40. You know, if you go to buy a car tomorrow, you know, yeah. it won't have a CD player. That's, right. You know, that's for sure. It'll still, you know, it'll have a radio. But then it'll also have so many Wi-Fi online stuff that like, it's not like, the days where you got into your car and you had four choices. Oh, do I want Ted 10 Winds? Do I want CBS FM? I want Classic Rock or do mm -hmm. I want FUV? Right. Now it's like everybody's Wi-Fi, you know, so the competition's more. Um, Across so, the universe. Yeah, I mean, so, we, you know, we got to be hip and that's why we're, you know, really looking into podcasting and making sure we're on the right platforms. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know long-term what the future is for radio, you know. It's free. And, you know, commercial radio, uh, public radio, of course, you know, is a voluntary donation. But, like, it's probably going to last because of that. Mm. Can't just totally go away. Right. But there's going to be so much competition, just like TV, that the tail's just going to get so long that everybody's going to have a little tiny splinter mm. of an audience. Yeah, I wonder how much AI is going to take over too in terms of programming things and. Do you all think that it is now with like Spotify Pro and yeah, Pandora and yeah, stuff? Yeah, probably to a degree. Yeah, because they, you know, you just put it in, you know, a little couple names in your Spotify thing, and it like curates a whole program for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that stuff. You know, it just feels like it's not the same. Yeah. 
but to most people, is it the same? I don't know. You know, it's <laughs> like, like to me, of course, I'm like, well, that's not the same thing. Right. When I select a set, I'm going to, you know. Right. But if you're just like, you know, <laughs> Janet from Long Island, are you right. just as you happy <laughs> with that? You might be. Janet from Long Island. <laughs> Shout out Janet. <laughs> Shout out Janet from Long Island. Janet might be just as happy, <laughs> yeah. you know. How did you guys meet? Janet is happy, but I don't know if Jack and Chrissy are happy. <laughs> yeah, Jack and Three's Chrissy. Three's company, happy. two reference. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. We met like 15 years ago. Just uh -huh. I was a fan of Joe's. Uh -huh. I was actually at that bottom line show. Oh, that's great. <laughs> in the round, but mm. that, um, I knew his manager at the time, and I did video stuff. Uh -huh. and I just <laughs> went with Joe to South by Southwest 2008. Uh -huh. I want to say or earlier mm. and just filmed a bunch of stuff and we've yeah we get together and it's like no plan let's make a music video and like an hour later we yeah. just 30 music video Create. later is here we are that's mm. great yeah, yeah. That's and then good. Joe wanted to do this podcast and said if we're gonna do it let's do it right and yeah. everything aligned and here we are it's keeping me in New York City too Oh, why? Where would you be otherwise? I, I, I think I was going to move to Baja. I was going to move to Mexico. Right. I was like you so... You did have a good uh, run down there. Man, I could not leave. I was yeah. like strapped. Yeah. And then I came back here and Ehud was like, yeah, let's do the podcast. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I almost got out. <laughs> yeah. What were but you, you had ask? a good time. You had a good time down there. Like I just yeah. followed along on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you've made, uh, you know... You judge a guy by the company he keeps. Right. You know, you have uh, built a, a great life and uh, professional and otherwise, you know, on just this sphere that you travel in. Like we were talking mm. yesterday, uh, me and Eric Holland about, you know, Fistful of Mercy, mm. you know, the thing you did with Danny Harrison and Ben Harper, like genius, you yeah. know, RNDM, you know, you work with um, um, Peter Buck. Jeff but Amen. Yes, exactly. Arthur Buck. Arthur Buck. You know, like this, the. Um, you know your uh, your orbit. Mm. You know that's important to you, isn't it? That uh, that collaboration and just having those having those different things. Yeah, I mean, I love making music, and and you kind of like have to keep reinventing the ways and methods. I feel like to keep it interesting, and so one of the ways of doing that is collaborating. Because they're all so different too. Yeah, you know? and they're all really different. You know. And people want to work with, like, I think that's the thing, too. Like, you know what I mean? Like, some artists are, like, such, like, hardcore solo. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But you kind of put this stuff out where it's like, oh, yeah, Joe, let's do, you know. Yeah, let's do something. Let's do something. Yeah. 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 But you're a New Yorker. What you would, I know. You, what would, you'd get idle hands or the dead. Would it, you'd be too idle down there? Yeah, prob probably. Yeah. I'd probably freak out. Yeah. And there's a reason I didn't, I'm not doing it, you mm -hmm. know. So what are you up to now? What's what? So you're basically like spending a lot of time with the chemo and recovering and recovering healing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely slowed my role a little. Yeah, you know, like I was going. You know, I used to go out to a lot of shows. Right. Um, like Ed O'Brien was at uh, LPR last night uh -huh. with his new thing. You know, and I was from like, Radiohead. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I can't do it. Oh, really? Save myself for Joe. You know, I was just like, yeah. I have to make choices like that now. Right. You know? Before you would do everything. Before I do everything and I'd be here and I'd be a little hungover or whatever and right. it'd be fine, you know. Yeah. But I can't like, I don't have those same reserves, you yeah. know. 
Um, so, uh, but I still do, you know, plenty of stuff and, you know, tr- trying to travel, go away for some weekends. We're going to go out to the Hamptons this weekend, just soak up some uh, good salt air. Because, nice. you know, that, that'll that cure everything. Yeah. Well, the sea, the sea cures all. That's what they say. Um, and, um, you know, just got like a summer ahead, a different FUV thing. So, you know, really... You know, my expression is uh, proceed as if, you know, it's Pro- like proceed as if what everything's, everything's okay. cool, you know, yeah. and it's like, yep, where'd you come go to South by come up with that just came out one night and I was yeah. like, that's proceed my thing as if proceed as if, you know, I'm like, oh, am I going to go to South by that's this year? That's pretty good advice. Proceed as if, you know, and I'm like, of course I'm going to South by. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm not, gonna, you know, and everybody's like, you know, like, like friends and like my sister's like you really have to go to that thing again like haven't you done that thing enough you know like and I'm like no I gotta go it's my thing you know so proceed as if and you know there's a chance a few days before maybe I won't feel you know like I could do it right okay you know I bought flight insurance so I'm all right right. that's cool um yeah so that's kind of the uh you know, that's kind of the plan. And then just to, you know, we got this thing coming up in March. Yeah. It's going to be heavy. That is heavy. I can't, I'm going to be in Europe. So I just heard. I can't. I'm so mad mm. about that. I'll film it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really upset. Yeah, I just heard that. Uh, it's okay. We'll, yeah. we'll have we'll have our times. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's going to be big. It's going to be a good, you know, overwhelming celebration. Right. Which I'm, you know... Uh, no excited be, no about it. Yeah, excited about it. And also, you know, as much as I love being the center of attention, this particular event might just put that over the top. Right. Like, I don't think he, I don't think I can handle that much attention. You know, right. that's gonna that's gonna be a big one. That's gonna be tough. Yeah. You know? So how's it going though with the with the chemo and stuff like that? Is it like is it full on? What's the what's the story? Well, it's um so I'm on this drug called Taxil. Uh-huh. So you it's three Fridays, I go Fridays. So it's three Fridays on, one off. Right. So the way this particular stuff works So it's once a week. Yeah. Three three times a month. Yeah. And I then see. you get one off. And yeah. then um usually when you go for chemo you get some combination of steroids, um uh-huh. And Benadryl at the same time to kind of reduce any allergic reactions and to beef you up. So when you come out of chemo, like Fridays, Mm. I'm like Superman. You listen to my show Friday night. Oh, it sounds great. You feel good? Feel good because you've got steroids. And then you kind of feel good Saturday and and Sunday and then Monday it hits you. Like what it's doing. Right. Right. So Monday and Tuesdays are hard. Okay. Uh, for me, so today's Tuesday, right? Right. Yeah. So Monday, and Tuesdays so today's are hard. a hard day. Today's a hard day. Wow. Um, so are you just like faking it through the the pain because you seem in good energy, in good spirit? Yeah. No, I'm not faking it. You know, I'm okay. Okay. You know, I'll probably, um, you know, go down at like five o'clock mm-hmm. tonight. You know, for the night. Yeah. You know, and that'll be, you know, that'll be that. Mm. So it's a crazy ride that's got its own yeah. kind of rhythm, you know. But so then, a couple of days of that and then you start feeling a little better. Or? You start feeling a little better. But yeah. then I still have the pain from like the cancer Ugh. of like just, you know, you probably saw me walking around. I'm yeah. definitely hobbling, yeah. you know, a bit more than I used to. Um, and then 
you know, lather, rinse, repeat. And I go in on Friday and yeah. You Are know. you doing any visualization things like like laying down and visualizing like white light all over you or any, like healing or any kind of that kind of stuff, mental stuff like that? I feel like um, I feel dumb even saying no. Why? <laughs> oh, no, I just I feel like I sh maybe should be doing stuff like that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I just do some of that kind of stuff in yoga sometimes, yeah. like a final savasana or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'll just like envision, like sometimes envision that kind of stuff, or like. Uh, but I'm into that kind of woo-woo stuff. Right. EFT, right. emotional freedom tapping. Do you ever heard of that? Where uh -huh. you're tapping on these pressure points and stuff like that. And. And you just like repeat like good thing, like you know, like I'm gonna like sometimes I'll do it before I hit the sh the stage. I'll be like. I'll remember all the words. I'm going to have a great time. Remember, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a really inspired performance. And you just kind of like sort of things that you want. And, it, some, and it's hitting acupuncture points. Gotcha. And you just, it's called EFT. Huh. Yeah, emotional freedom technique is what it's called. And I guess it's effective. Like a lot of these things I just read about and then I try. Right, right, know? right. Yeah. Um, I will check that out. Yeah, maybe... I don't know, but, but uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, I need some little things like that. I think. Yeah, you I know? think those kind of things can help mm -hmm. a little bit. But mm -hmm. Listen, it's wonderful to have you on, and I, I don't want this p episode to end. Pleasure, actually. Yeah. No, it's really, it's really amazing to be here uh, in your orbit as usual. But then to mm. just be in this orbit. Yeah, well, it's really this, special and like I'm talking to you, but you know, I'm looking at these paintings and I'm like, I mean, look at that. It's just like so great. Thank you. Really just so moving. <laughs> it's so much personalities, so many different so many different characters. Lots of characters. Lots of characters. We are surrounded alien, alien by alien characters and boxers. And boxers, yeah. 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 I saw the the jacket the yeah. over there. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. I saw that on in Instagram too. Yeah. Yeah, so pleasure to be in your orbit, and thank you for having me. Thank Thanks for doing it. And th listen, thank you for all the years of support and just all the great music that you've brought to us, and uh, and just the, your spirit has mm. been important to me and to a lot of people. And uh, I don't know, I'm just very grateful to know you, and I consider you a really good friend. Like I said, I consider you family. So yeah. Thank you for I saying I love you so. very love much. I love you too. Thank and you, Joe. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Rita. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks, Ehud. Thanks. Bye, everyone. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated.